0: Welcome to an episode of Horizons Podcast. Um, I'm Lily, and before we begin, I just want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are on. We are here on Wijibu Waibu Country in the Belong Nation. I'm here with Dr. Lee Carriage and Mickey Jay.
1: Um, hi, yes, I'm also on the Wijibu Waibu Country. It's raining and delightful here, and, um, and then we're joined by Lee, Lee Carriage, Dr. Lee Carriage. Um, Dr. Good, good morning,
2: Lily. Good morning, Mickey. I'm actually on the Rockall Country, mm. and it's in which is in within the Bundjalung Nation. And um, I'm, I'd like to acknowledge the first singers and the first songwriters and the first musicians of this country that I'm fortunate to be walking on.
1: A beautiful country. It okay.
2: is, stunning.
1: Mm.
0: So in this episode today, we are here with Lee to get a little bit of insight about her songwriting and her music, and I'm really excited. It's going to be really
1: good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited to hear about your process. Uh, every every songwriter has a different way of approaching the way that they conduct yeah. their craft. So I'm I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about how your brain works.
2: Yes, it's a, well, yes, it's an interesting thing being on the other side because normally I'm interviewing great writers and I've learned a lot from, you know, from those moments with each songwriter. It's been a lovely little insight for, and I kind of deposit into my own account, um, you know, for my own writing and that's been great. But this has been lovely to look at your questions and go, hmm, it's interesting when it's turned around to me, so I'm I'm open to whatever you want to discuss really.
0: Amazing. Well, why don't we start from the beginning? When did you start writing music?
2: Well, I guess um, it depends on what how we define what writing is. <laughs> uh, that's always an interesting thing because I've always, I guess one of the things within academia is I've always been arguing that what we do is creative practice, including improvisation and collaboration is actually new compositions each time. And I spent a lot of many, many years writing my thesis because I was really passionate about the interactions between people and how we, that all collaboration is really sort of new work each time that we do something on the same tune even, but if we're improvising on it or we're writing it or we're just, you know, performing it with new new musicians for the first time, everyone will be playing something different. They might, we might re-harmonise it. We might use different altered chords. Someone might redo the melody, change the time, et so in that, in So now that I have that mindset, when I was a little girl just in the Bega Valley, growing up there was so beautiful and so pretty. I look at it now and just think of all the colours of the, the valley and I can feel the grainy sand of the, of the river. I spent a lot of time in nature. Uh, and uh, I think I just used to sing around the garden as a little girl. And I, so I was making up songs from that time, whatever, however old I was. And because my dad was an accordionist and he also played the organ, we had music and he sang. He sang really big and strong. Um, he he was kind of a, yeah, he, he he had a certain kind of thing, you know, that he liked to do dad you know had had these books the reader's digest of great songs or uh he wasn't a he wasn't a religious man but my mum was so my dad would accompany us to church I would say uh in in many ways he was sort of an atheist well I don't know what he was actually I don't want to define him for himself but he he because he um used to play accordion he'd take the accordion down the backyard and all the cattle and animals would just disappear run off but I was allured by it and I we all had dad gave us all these box accordions diatonic ones 10 notes so we all had those and we would all go and play and he'd give us little parts and we'd all play our diatonic accordions with him or recorders or whatever it was and he and I used to sing together so I think I've been inventing sing, you know out in the gardens and and improvising since very little but later I started piano and then I had a little go at violin and guitar, and I, and I did that on and off for many, many years. I had lessons in all. And then, but I really struggled with actual writing, Lily. I really struggled with English writing. I struggled with getting a sentence in English. I struggled with feeling confident about word, I language, and, and the, the dictionary was like the worst thing you could put me near was to write actual, to put me into doing anything to do with writing. So lyrics were part of this thing that were taboo with me and my critic, my super, you know, beautiful, harsh critic, she would, yeah, she, <laughs> she was tough. So all through my 20s, although I wrote lots of things down and I wrote lots of ditties and I wrote lots of songs and all through my 20s, I really didn't think that any of the tunes that I wrote were of any quality. And that's because the music that I was performing at the time was really complex music. I had chosen and had started studying a certain kind of music because it had such a high bar and I kept wanting to do the hardest of that stuff, the stuff that was in odd times and the instrumental and the bebop and the heads of uh, whatever it was because I kept striving for this music. When I would write my own stuff that was not as well informed, my, my own stuff would be, you know, down here and the the high stuff that I perceived as good music was up here. And so I always had this thing that I was competing with, and within my own head, that structure was my own construct. So really I, I, did, I started writing early in that sort of un-constrained you know, way and then later, much, much later, I started formulating my own writing with more compassion and then started feeling more confident in my 30s and, and then started really allowing myself to record that music. So it was, it was yeah. quite late.
1: I mean, I started writing intentionally, maybe I was 13 or 14. Um, mm-hmm. Songs kind of always had a lot of meaning in my household um, because we kind of used them to communicate our emotions to each other. Everyone mm-hmm. in my house, uh, like my mom and my brother both have are, um, uh, like, on the autism spectrum and, you know, how men are, as in my dad, at communicating emotions. So I think <laughs> songs were always, like, ways that we connected to one another. Um, and I was listening to this song by Sofiane Stevens called Kazmi Pulaski Day in the bath. And it's really – the lyrics are really sad. Um, it's about his girlfriend who gets cancer and dies. Um mm-hmm. But there's this one lyric and it's your father drove his car into the Navy yard just to prove that he was sorry. And I got really sad thinking about my dad dealing with the news of me having cancer and I cried. And then afterwards I was like, man, I want to write music that makes people cry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I got out of the bath and wrote my first song. I think I would have been 14 maybe.
0: How do you think you overcame not thinking that
2: your music was good enough? I don't know if I've even, I don't think I've overcome that yet. I mean, uh, everything, it's like, uh, so I like to make sculptures and things, you know, our place is full of crazy bits of stuff that I collect and I've been collecting things since, I don't know. We used to go to the tip. There used to be a tip when I was a kid and we were pretty poor. And we used to go to the tip with my mum and dad and look for things and, you know, um, not very often, but if we went there to drop things off or whatever, but I'm one of eight kids. So it was always this sense of fossicking. And when I first went to the gallery in Canberra, one of our, you know, this is a, we were going to the big city. It was so exciting. And we went to, I saw, um, Gascoigne's work, Rosalie's Gascoigne's work. And I realized as a little kid, i have been. I've been collecting stuff in little pockets and sticking them all over our backyard like a crazy woman, uh, and not really knowing what I was doing, but just feeling attracted to similar kinds of bits of timbers and bits of metal and bits of whatever, and um, and sort of assembling them, but not really knowing what I did, having crazy sort of installations at home or the on the property on the different places. At the chook shed in particular, the chook shed was my target area for for constructing great bits of you know, installations. But I uh, the critic in me sees everything as imperfectly not finished. Even the pieces that I think I've spent the most time with and I've written strings for and I've I you know I've arranged it. I think it's down to the minutiae. I go back to it and hear it nine, ten years later and go, oh my God, why did I put that melody note there? Change that melody note. And so for me it's kind of like I don't think, for me, anyways, it's never ending. It, it kind of feels like it's this endless possibility of change, um, which is kind it's of nuts. nice but evil. I
1: think like that in itself is the perfection. I, a friend's dad to me once said everything in nature is perfect. It's constantly evolving. It's constantly adapting. It's constantly changing and growing to fit what's going on around it. And you you never look at a leaf and say, well, you could be better. You know, (laughs) you never look at the way a grass grows and, and say that it's imperfect. And I think, I think the fact that you do look back um, and see how you've changed and see how you've grown is actually, perfect you know mm-hmm. in of itself how
0: much time do you spend writing your music do you write weekly do you write daily
1: um like daily or like how long does it take me to write a song
0: daily how much time do you spend on writing your music
1: um I it's not always a daily practice mm-hmm. um I go through stages of being filled with I think, I think creativity cycles through, uh, practice, practice, learning and doing, um, and so I'll go through cycles of like immense practice or go through cycles of immense learning. And finally I'll get to the creative inspiration where I actually feel driven to do writing recently. I maybe have been spending, uh, maybe like five hours a week doing yeah, writing cool. stuff, um, but uni is pretty consuming. So, yeah, it just yeah. really depends on, like, what part of the creative cycle I'm at.
0: Yeah, exactly. And obviously, like any other musician, I love writing music, but I find it quite hard to get into the mm-hmm. songwriting, and when I am into it, I find it difficult to stay concentrated. Do you find that as well, or are you okay with that kind of thing?
1: Um, I mean look at ebbs and flows like uh i think it really depends on on the feeling the song gives me so i sat yeah. down to write a song recently um and i was feeling i mean we've been in lockdown i was feeling very um very anxious and had all of these kind of things coming up about sleep and anxiety and um and lots of like feelings in my heart. And when I sat down to start writing a song, the the melody and the sound of the chords really resonated to expressing that feeling. And I really wanted to continue writing that song. And so I probably like wrote and arranged that song in two days just because of how well it resonated with me. But some songs are more of a journey and you start the song, but you have to learn little bits before you can finish the song. So some yeah. songs might take me like like three weeks or like two months or something to finish. Um but some might just take a day. So
2: yeah. Look, I um when i before I took this job on, I was twenty-seven when I started this position. Before yeah, before that I used to set time. I'd have a Saturday. Saturday was my writing time because I had about 50 students or 70 students and I had a lot of students at home and most of them were half hours or hour-long classes and I gigged as well at night and I did studio work. So I was a really busy person, very uh, driven. But I don't work like that anymore. I, I kind of work... I worked out a long time ago that during and giving, researching and sharing with students, I only had one way of focusing and giving my energy. So when I'm teaching, I decide not, I don't write. I don't write specifically unless it really grabs me. Um, and funnily enough, because we've been in lockdown this, at this moment, I've been writing more than, than normal. But but when teaching period is over, I often take a break. Then I have a, I give myself an intensive time. Normally it's from, yeah, go for it. November to December and I give myself six weeks and normally I say to myself every best album I've ever done happens in six weeks if I give myself just six weeks and I have to write the whole album arrange it and have the charts done in six weeks I normally do it so that's what I'm doing this year I'm going to give myself six weeks that's it not a day later I set a date between this and this and I finish everything 10-15 songs they're all done they're arranged and charted That's it. Um, Then then I work on on the delivery of the vocals. Normally I've written the melodies out for everything, but then I'll work on that. So you asked me about patterns. Look, there are lots of patterns, um, God. Uh, And do I follow the same technique? No, I don't. Um, I used to. Uh, Now I try a whole range of things. New collaborations. I try to break some of my old habits. I buy... I attempt to write in different genres. I just say to myself, write a pop song or write a fusion piece or write blah. I give myself a directive and just go, that's it. This day you're writing that song. I write in odd times. I try new collaborations with new creatives and that's proven the best for me. Collaboration. Why I always have thought that I must do this completely on my own because I'm I drive myself really hard. I must have the best changes and the best voicings and the best idea and the best lyrics. Well, I don't. And I collaboration, I'm not an Island. So I want to be on the earth. And as soon as I allowed myself that, things flooded in. That was lovely. I just allowed myself, I can write with other people. How lovely. So, uh, there are patterns. though. there are patterns of the way I do things. Um, but, you know, you can unpack that later if you want.
1: Uh, it it depends on the song. I think more and more frequently I've been writing for the whole band um, yeah. because I do really, really enjoy arranging. Um, and the band is like a really nice, like, border of what I have to work with. So, like, these are the instruments that I have to work with. But often I'll bring... I'll bring kind of a loose sentiment of what I want to happen and we'll work through things together. Um, but yeah, there yeah. definitely has been songs where I've written all of the parts as well. Uh, and more and more frequently I'm arranging for strings, um, yeah, which is, is different. I don't work with a lot of string players, but it's really, really rewarding and beautiful. And, um, so it, yeah, it depends on my headspace. Some songs in the moment, I think, oh deserve just the guitar and the vocals or just the piano and vocals and then they might develop you know I might play them to my brother and he'll be like oh I can hear this thing happening yeah um and yeah so each song is is very different
0: yeah of course and with that kind of thing do you like having someone such as your brother come and say this would sound better and that would sound better or do you like to keep it to yourself and just be your song and just have your own input
1: yeah, totally. Totally know what you mean. Um, I like, I have a select trusted few mm-hmm. um, that I will will go to for advice. I think most people that know me know that unless I'm seeking advice, I'm not a great listener. Um, yeah. Unless you are kind of one of these trusted few, in which case. Yeah. I might not appear like I'm listening at the time, but then I'll come back and (laughs) pretend it was my idea. Um, (laughs) um, So, no, I do. So, you know, like making the album that I've been doing for the past two years, having my brother especially as a creative input has been really helpful because you sit and you listen to mixes for so long. Mm -hmm. By the end of it, it's kind of like I don't remember... It's kind Love of like you. repeating a word over and over again. And you're like, "Huh, oh, this word is super weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so having someone else to come in and be like, no, that's how you spell it," um, is really helpful. It's really helpful. Yeah. But I think, you, you know, you can't be listening to
2: everyone that has something to say. Oh, that's, I wish that was a, just a one answer. Yes and no. Look, right now yeah. I'm writing out. Right, normally normally yes. Normally I write there's there's a there's a yes. So here's the yes. The yes is if I'm working with creatives that know me or that know my kind of genre of music, if I'm using a certain kind of group of people, then there's a whole range of abbreviations that I can put on a chart and they will understand all my abbreviations. That means down to sort of if I just write altered, they'll understand that the melody note is that because they'll see it and they'll know the kind of altered that I want. They'll also discuss it with me on the day. They'll understand chord abbreviations. They'll understand signage abbreviations, dynamic abbreviations. There's a whole range of given things that professional musicians in my genre, so to speak, whatever that is, they understand as a given kind of thing, so I don't need to write out the whole bass line or the whole drum part or the whatever. It, but I kept, but I write directives and I put little keys around things about you know fills etc. I would never tell a great drummer that I work with what fill I want. I wouldn't do it I, because it was too limiting for them. Where's the creativity and collaboration that I want? But I would say this is the tempo, the time feel, this is the blah. I give them all those parameters. Um, And then when there are suggestions for things that don't work or that could be better, I'm so open to them. And I'm kind of relieved at the envelope of, thank God, someone thought of a solution there because this is how I solved it with a second time bar, but you've got a better idea. Brilliant. Bring it on. Make the song better.
0: Um, But in saying that, What about writer's block? Do you like to collaborate with other artists to help you push through that kind of thing or do you need to work through it yourself? And if you do, how do you do it?
2: Um, Writer's block is an interesting one. Um, A lot to unpack, a lot to unpack. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Look, um, I think it's a really interesting thing. Um, I, I remember a period of about maybe two years where I had, I don't know if you call it rise block, but there was certainly a a pause (laughs) on things. And um, yeah, it's, collaboration certainly helps. It certainly helped me. But, but actually, sometimes I think it's, it's just time for a pause. I actually think for me, I need to regurgitate like what's going on for me as a human being, what's going on out there in the world if my I remember when my mum was really unwell, and my brother was i was caring for my a sibling and my mum was not well, my sibling wasn't doing well in the world and things were just loaded and my daughter was living with us and life was really big. Like it was, there were lots of things for me to juggle. Plus I was working full time. I was studying full time. It's just a really a mess five years of my life. It was just so much going on. And, um, you can't, you can't do it all at I was doing my PhD and I was meant to be writing at the same time. It was like, no, nothing's coming out. So I, actually, I think there's a whole range of things that we're talking about here. I think writer's block for a lot of people like me or other, maybe others, but when you've got family, women tend to be carers, there's responsibility. There are these other roles, especially as you get older. So for me, I fell into, I was on the step Two kids, they're beautiful, but one of my stepkids moved back home to go through a bit of a journey that was really intense for about eight months. My mum was uh, uh, ill. She had Parkinson's disease and was dying. And so my my role was to really, even though she lived a long way away, was to try four or five times a year to be, to be with her and totally be present and every other time to ring her every day just so she knew she was valued and seen and, and visible. It was easy to write songs around those things, It was harder to write songs around what was going on for my brother, but they did fuel a little bit of, um, those things fueled a bit of work. And, again, I think it's an interesting thing for women, um, and I I don't normally come in with that viewpoint all the time, but I think it's really important for us to realise that the carer role and these other roles in terms of partnerships and mothering and, you know, those, uh, and friendships that where we care for others and, and extend that care these things take up some of that space, and for me, people are more important than my craft, and um, so all family, friends, loved ones—they all come first, and everything else can take a, a back seat because it'll eventually come. So even though there have been times when I've you know certainly you know felt like oh my god I haven't written anything for two years, once I knew it was happening, I just accepted it and began other things I just thought I'll just do some other work which means I started doing more sculpture and started making things and I started doing more painting and drawing and I started just having really amazing conversations and time with humans so I you know and eventually the drought broke and
1: And I think I think that's such an honest way to approach writer's block because I find if you try and and enforce it I mean if you try and force anything in life the outcome obvious often isn't isn't really very honest or natural and I think if you just wait for things to find you and you focus on the other things that bring you joy I think like focusing on joy and focusing on connection and and focusing on on all the other things that life
2: has to offer yeah Yeah. they're everything and yeah I honestly didn't feel like I had anything to really sing about in a really true way in my 20s everything Mm. I was writing about was were things that you know, I'm a really well-informed person. I've, you know, I've grown up with really intelligent friends and family who challenge me, who, you know, if I'm being an arrogant son of a whatever, you know, they'll pull me up on it. My friends are good friends because they're really honest and true with me. And um, if I'm being a whatever, they're going to say, hey, you need to check in with yourself. Or I I, I feel like I've been educated enough and self-educated enough to know that God, I don't have all the answers and I don't have all the stories and uh, it's going to be a limiting life if I think I've got it all, you know. Um, And what's been beautiful is to try and write. um, I wrote this little ditty the other day. Say it all, say it all, say, say it all say it all and da, 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 just say it all just this little ditty I was writing it. I, I wrote it and Jojo came over Jojo Smith she was here visiting and I said Jo check this out we just started seeing the hook just this chorus it was like this gospel thing and I would never allow myself normally to write I don't know why I would love to write some soul groove stuff and Motown stuff and I think it's been that I'm I perceive myself as a privileged white Celtic woman who loves that music. Who's always loved that music, but I, I, am so, I'm so caught up in my. Oh, that's really inappropriate. But that's actually what I really hear. I don't actually hear this stuff that I grew up singing. I actually hear this stuff. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. I've gone on a major tangent.
1: Love the tangents. Here for the tangents. But talking about soul music and, um. And, you know, the ways in which music has influenced you and the artists that have come into your life influence your sound and how you've maybe Mm. thrown some away and kept some. What are some of the songwriters who do inspire you and how how do they influence you? I know it's a huge question. I know it's a huge question. But you've got this.
2: Okay. I've got this. My answer was how I'm, I can't even answer the songwriters and, and people have inspired me because the list is my my uh, my life it's every musician, every teacher, every bird i've heard sing in every country I've lived it is uh it's nature the 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 things that have inspired me are things that are beyond music they are heartbreak. what has inspired me is heartbreak, absolute abject grief um Friends have inspired me. Politics has inspired me. Um, literally being on the floor in a bathroom and being a broken-hearted person. that's inspired me. Um, joy, love relationships so songwriters there are too many for me to mention and I could go into the big the big ones that framed my world but to be honest they keep framing every songwriter I hear keeps reframing ideas for me and keeps putting deposits in my my account I keep going oh that's that lyric by blah and I'm not going to mention them they're amazing you know and they keep I just keep trying to you know Gabriel and everybody uh, there 's so many people that are on the, on the planet that inspire me, but their their influence their influence is enormous uh, but but I have to say between about thirty and forty something, I made a choice that I had listened to music so deeply that I knew every album in my thousands of collection. I knew every album i 'd heard them all. I decided to not listen to music and I decided to have a break from listening so that I could actually just hear what I was doing and not be so influenced. I mean, I couldn't not hear, I was a teacher, but I didn't go home and turn on albums and sit there and soak over them anymore because I realized that I'd already done that. I'd done that my whole life. What I wanted to do was just have a break from that, so I could hear the stillness, that I could write in nature, that I could create some space, that I could hear the words, and I, I could open myself to not be influenced. It was actually lovely for a moment just to not hear and listen so much. Um, and I would call them mentors. Everybody from my early days right through to my my to now are are mentors. The silent mentor, you could call them. And the passive mentor. And then, you know, there are other mentors that I've reached out and said, Can I write with you? I love what you do. Or um, could I interview you at uni? Because I'm a bit of a fan myself. What a, what a, what a, you know, selfish thing that was. But many of the people I've interviewed, I've admired. So that's that in, in a way. And the other thing I think no, that it influences no, that's great me answer. is my ignorance. Great answer. And that's going to sound backwards forwards, but sometimes sometimes you don't realize how limited you are until you really go somewhere. and I've been on country only a few times, And then I think, I haven't really listened to music because I haven't really listened to the music from this Earth, from this First Nations people. I haven't really soaked that up. I don't really know what those old songs are like. I don't know what song lines are. I'm. An adopted human being who's kind of lot you know I was lost in my own way in my own origins I don't didn't really know my 20s you know when I arrived on the planet I had no idea who I was or where I came from and by the time I was in my mid-20s and I found out met my birth mother and later my 30s met my birth father and met some siblings I've worked out that I've kind of tried to work out where I was belonging. I thought I belonged in this sort of Celtic Irish because I'm definitely Irish. I didn't know that, but that, that, that then sort of made me connect with some other, you know, senses of loss, of I'm writing a project at the moment called Reverberating Biologica, and that's because I feel like the stories of adoption and birth mothers and lost and stolen generation, not that I'm in any way professing to understand any capacity on that. I have a small inkling of being an adopted lost child with a mother who I didn't meet till I was my 25. Um, I, I have a sense of that. I have a tiny sense because I didn't know my culture, even though I was in a white culture. I didn't really know where I belonged. I didn't know who I was, and in some ways I still don't know that, you know. I know the names of things, but I don't really have connection to those people. So in terms of influence, I think everything and all that we are, everyone we meet, every place, and our ignorance opens us. If you're open to going, I don't know what I don't know, i better read, i better inform myself, i better bloody learn to listen to other people and ask them more questions, and then... The, the growth continues
0: that's so amazing i can i just say that when i wrote that question i was being so close-minded about what the answer could be like what singer songwriter inspires you but i think i just need to go back and check myself and have a look at what really does inspire me because i think that's just a great way of looking at things
2: oh.
1: thank you so much for sharing that and letting yourself be in that vulnerable space as well
0: yeah thank you so much lee this was so much fun and it was so amazing getting to know you and your songwriting so thank you i really appreciate it